Patreon.com slash the walk-off podcast. Uh, $4 a month gets you in there. Baseball, Blue Jays, and more baseball. It's the walk-off with Scott Belford and Adam Mack. This ball is crushed. The diehard podcast for the casual fan. And another one. My goodness. Very excited to have back on the show. Member of the Toronto Blue Jays organization, currently playing with the Buffalo Bisons. Davis Schneider, welcome back to the walk-off, bud. Thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, to, to start with, slow start in April, but buddy. You are on a bit of an offensive heater here, kind of the catalyst uh, in that batting order right now for Buffalo. Big congrats, buddy. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I didn't really start out too well in uh, in April. I mean, no one really hit well on our team. We kind of got uh, our butt handed to us here and there in a lot of games just because it was just cold and we just couldn't get into a groove early. But we kind of started to find it, everyone up and down the lineup. So everyone's kind of hitting well now and we're just kind of winning some games. Well, no one in baseball really wants the moniker of Mr. April anyways, so I think you're safe. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm always known for being a slow starter. Even last year, I was terrible. I was batting 130 through until June last year, so, I mean, I'm doing better than last year. That's all I can really ask for. Well, it's funny because we have seen some some big improvements in certain aspects of your game. We're seeing some real power out of you this year. Uh, you're already at 11 home runs, and let's face it, most most of those came in May. Um, did you change your swing over the offseason? Like, is this power surge due to anything in particular? No, I'm, I'm always known for changing my swing and critiquing it. Like, it depends on the day. Sometimes my hands feel better in one place. I like to do a toe tap here and there, so... I always do kind of change my swing. Even last year, I kind of mingled with it, but I'm, I think I'm just got a lot stronger. I mean, I'm hitting the ball more in the air, like more hard contact. So I think if you can do those two things, hit the ball more in the air and increase your hard contact. I mean, home runs are just going to skyrocket. So I feel like um, I've always had that power, but now I'm just kind of like being consistent with it early on. And so you I'm feel the kinda... most aligned with it in your career right now. eh? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I definitely this past month feel like I've um, seen the ball a lot better. I'm hitting the ball a lot harder and hopefully I can just continue that for the next five. So your positional versatility, uh, it's definitely one of your biggest attributes, although your offensive production has kind of overshadowed that lately, but you do play second, you play third, you've played some short, you play the outfield. You're really a bit of a, a Swiss army knife out there. Is there a position that you prefer, that you feel most comfortable at? Um, definitely second base. I mean, it's because I play yeah. there the most, I would yeah. say. But I'm getting way more comfortable in left field because last year I first started playing left field. I wasn't really too comfortable out there just because just I haven't played there all my life, basically. But now I'm getting more reps out there and practicing and getting early work in. I feel comfortable at every spot that I can put in in the lineup. So, I mean, as long as I'm in the lineup and I'm going to give my – Self a good chance out in defense to play. So, no, second base would probably be the best spot to where I feel most comfortable and I can make the play 100% of the time. Is there a different mindset in different positions? Like, maybe for the listener, just take us through uh, your train of thought when playing second base compared to what you just mentioned here, left field. Like, the hitter gets into the batter's box. What's your concern and focus at second? And, and, and like, what's going through your head in left field and how, how do they vary? 
Yeah, at second base, you're kind of more into the play because you're just closer to the pitcher and to the hitter. So you're kind of expecting the ball a bit more. But in left field, you kind of you can let your mind wander a little bit. You kind of get kind of get lost because it's like you're just all alone out there, and the ball rarely ever gets hit to you most of the time. But you, when you're playing outfield, you just got to make you got to be ready like every play because you don't know when the ball is going to be hit, whether it's in the gap in front of you, right to left. So you can't really kind of take a pitch off. But it kind of there's times to where it's kind of boring out there and kind of like that's interesting. Wander, it like tests in. it tests your focus, eh? In the outfield a little. It does for sure. It does for sure. And you have fans yelling at you, kids in left field screaming, <laughs> and so it's it kind of gets like a little bit uh, I don't know, just weird out there. But um, yeah, you just got to focus in because if you take a pitch off, that's going to be that one pitch that that's ball the hits one, you and right? you're going to yeah. let up a run or a hit. Yeah, that's it, the ball always finds you when you're not paying attention. So I know, mm-hmm. I know last time that you were on the show, we were talking stadiums and you just mentioned Nat Bailey in Vancouver and, and what a, a great experience it is to play there in Vancouver. And so I am curious your thoughts on Salem field in Buffalo and how that does kind of compare to other AAA facilities that you've played in. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely the best facility wise in AAA that I've been to or play that. I mean, just because they redid it because the big league team was here a couple years ago. So they had to redo all the, batting cages the locker rooms the showers and everything so like still reaping the benefits of that eh exactly yeah it feels (laughs) it feels good just walking around like knowing that like you know we're taking care of there but um i like the field i mean they redid the field like i said when the big league team was here the stadium is a lot bigger than you think it can hold a lot of fans so even though there's a lot of fans there at some games it kind of feels like it's not that many because they can't fill up all those seats because it's just so big, but um, I enjoy playing there a lot. The field's nice. I mean, the ball kind of flies there. It's not a big park to where if you get to have a good swing, the ball's not going to go. And so on that aspect, I like a lot. I mean, a lot of, a lot of the fields in AAA are really nice. I like playing in Lehigh last week. My family was there, so they got to watch me play, but the atmosphere in Lehigh was a lot of fun. So there hasn't been nearly a field that I look back at and say, Oh, this field stinks most of the field have really been taken care of here. Do you feel like Salem's a bit better of a hitter's park than let's say New Hampshire? Uh, it depends on the day. I mean, okay. in New Hampshire, it's really short, the right field. I mean, if you, you can hit a pop about the right field and <laughs> get a homer there. So it really depends on the day, but I wouldn't, I would say New Hampshire a little bit more just because if you miss hit a ball to right field, it's going to be an extra base hit or home run just because how small it is and the way the wind works there. But I mean, Salem field, the, the ball, if you hit, if you hit the ball hard in the air, it's most likely going to go. So I'm not saying it's not a hitter's park, but New Hampshire, I think is, is a little bit more. Did you enjoy your time in New Hampshire? Yeah, I loved it. I mean, it was a, it was a good experience. I mean, uh, the coaching staff was there. It was great. I love, uh, playing under everyone there. I mean, that the city was all right. I mean, there wasn't that much to do. You kind of just woke up and went to the field every day. You didn't really kind of go out or do a lot of stuff outside baseball, but I enjoyed playing there. It was a good field. It was a lot of fun. I had a lot of good teammates there. So that aspect I liked a lot. It is kind of interesting, eh? How Vancouver, you know, like it's a pretty big happening city. And then you you go to New Hampshire and it's a very different vibe there. And then you go to Buffalo and very different there. Yeah. You're, they're kind of giving you a mm-hmm. switch up of just like what cities are like. Forget about baseball. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I like 
Vancouver was my favorite by far. I mean, I've probably said that before and you know that, but just the way the atmosphere is there, the fans, the city. I mean, it's just, it's a big league city. It's just a yeah. minor league, minor league team, you know? Mm-hmm. The truth be told, buddy, um, you're very close to making your major league league debut. And listen, I know you probably don't want to talk about it or, or jinx anything, <laughs> Um, that said you spending any time really thinking about it and doing the math behind it is probably detrimental. So I'm curious, how do you stay focused on the now on just continuing to develop and kind of, uh, avoiding the distractions of worrying about when the next jump is, um, I kind of stay off social media a lot, just the way social media is nowadays, but, um, you know, you just got to go to the field every day, go to work at, if I don't get a hit that day, I'm more focused on getting better and focusing on my swing and what I did, what I did wrong in that day. I'm not really focused on, oh, if I don't get a hit today, it's going to be, I'm going to sit the next day or something like that. You know, I'm just trying to help my team win every day because our manager here, Casey, he wants to win more than anyone else. And, and so do I. And so when I see him upset or just like knowing that we're not playing to our level of talent, it kind of, um, makes me want to work harder the next day and the, the early work before. So, I mean, you kind of, sometimes you kind of get that feeling or the idea to where, Oh, if I get a couple hits, you never know, you know, like something could happen up in the big leagues, like something, can, something can go wrong up there, but um, you just got to go out there and just kind of put on the blinders and just go to work mm-hmm. every day, basically. You have seen a lot of progress over the last couple of years. You've been taking most of your ABs this year in the three hole, which has got to feel pretty good. And 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 to put this in perspective for the listeners, you've been in the system since 2017. You were drafted in the 28th round. It's not like you've been handed anything along the way. You've kind of worked your way up the organization to the point where it is obvious, man, that they have some real confidence in you. Obviously, this is not the end goal, right? You, hitting third in AAA is, is not where the dream ends, but <laughs> this has got to feel pretty validating of, for how you've performed over the last couple seasons, right? For sure. I mean, just looking back at it, now that you say that back in 21, I played once a week and I batted in the nine hole in high A. So, I mean, looking at it, looking at it like that, the perspective is so different. Wow. But, um, yeah, I enjoy it. I mean, you kind of appreciate it, what it is now because of what you went through, what I went through a couple of years ago, I was playing, like I said, once a week, you know, I was, I was doing well, but just didn't get the reps that I kind of wanted, but you know, you just got to pay your dues sometimes and hope and hope that it was going to work out in your favor. And it kind of so far it has, you know, you just got to work hard and good things kind of happen for you. Were there, listen, there's obviously always going to be bumps in the road and times that, that test, your mental fortitude, if you will, your real love of the game to stick with it. Are there any of those moments that kind of stand out just maybe situations throughout your career where, you know, maybe you weren't close to quitting, but was a, a real battle of attrition to keep going? Yeah, there's, there's a couple of times back in 21, I think it was like about like June 10th or middle of June or something like that. I was batting a hundred in high. I was getting, like I said, one game a week. And um, I really was thinking about, okay, I mean, what is there left for me in this sport? And um, 
but there's a couple guys who just told me just stick it out. You never know like what's going to happen. Someone can get hurt. Some someone can go up. You know, just stick it out. You know, because there's a lot of guys who are not playing anymore who either get released or retire too early that wish that they could keep playing. And so, mm-hmm. knowing that, I just kind of stuck out, stuck it out, and just kind of kept going. And even last year, there were times early on I was. I wouldn't say down in the dumps, but it wasn't the best of times going to the field just because the way I was hitting and everything like that. So baseball can really do that to you mentally. It can definitely um, put you down to your lowest moments and also bring you up to your highest high. So I definitely had the lowest moments in my career last year and even the year before. But I mean, even this year, I started out terrible. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know if I can get a hit right now. I can't see the ball. Everything <laughs> looks like a hundred. And so it really depends on the day, the week they at bat, like something can just click to where you can see the ball a lot better than the pitch before or the at bat before. So it's funny how it works like that. Isn't it? Isn't it weird mm-hmm. how sometimes something that you do constantly, all of a sudden you're just like, why is this so difficult? And vice versa yeah. too, right? Where you're like, mm-hmm. how is this so easy all of a sudden? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it literally doesn't make any sense. Some days you feel like you're the best hitter. And some days do you feel like the ball is the size of a pea? Like you can't see it. But um, I mean, I feel like that's why baseball is great because no one can be that consistent to where, you know, you're perfect. And I mean, I think the best hitter of all time is Barry Bonds. And even him, he struck out or even got out. So like baseball is a weird game. And that's why I feel like it's it's the best. It's it funny, is though, a weird I, game. You always hear the quotes Sorry, with Barry Bonds where he's like made a terrible hitting coach for that same reason like he couldn't explain i mean he was just more often it was yeah, easy exactly. to hit, but he couldn't like teach that to anybody how to just mm-hmm. do what he's doing do it. it's just like <laughs> happening he's just like, you know yeah he, he just, just had it same it, with right? one of my buddies played at san diego state and tony Gwynn was his head coach before he passed away and none of the hitters could really like kind of listen to him because he was just like why can't you just hit the ball and he was just like just hit the ball because he, he was he was one of the best hitters ever. And some of those guys just yeah. can't teach it because they're just so good at what they do that they can't kind of express the way they did it. You know, right. so they, they just did it because they're just so talented. Yeah. Operating at another level. Yeah, exactly. This is a great place for this. And maybe, maybe you can uh, help this kid out. So, so Davis, sometimes we, uh, sometimes our listeners are also ball players and they're 14, 15, 16 years old. And I know that I got a, a DM from one of uh, this 14 year old shortstop. This was a couple weeks back and he was really getting frustrated. His coaches were running drills to turn the double play and he was really struggling flipping the ball to second or covering the bag and then catching the flip and throwing it. And he was, he was really frustrated. I felt for the kid. Um, and all you can say to a guy who's struggling like that is, is just keep working, just keep at it. Uh, of, so for the kid, Davis, what's something that you are excelling at now, uh, whether defensively or offensively that maybe you sucked at, sucked at for a while before kind of developing the skill. Um, I would say my footwork around second base, because primarily I was always a third baseman. So I never really had that footwork or that that hand speed I had at second base that I do now. And so you just got to keep working at it until it becomes natural and where you don't have to think about it. I mean, if you play multiple sports or spots like me, you kind of have to get used to it to where you're never really going to be perfect at it, but 
if you work at it long enough, then it becomes like it's second nature. And so I, I was not the best at second base turning double plays like uh, the kid you're talking to now. So, <laughs> but I worked at it every day until I got more comfortable with it where, where it becomes, like I said, second nature. So it's some people don't have to work at it as much as other people, but if you work at it long enough, I feel like you're going to get the hang of it. You know, it's just a matter of time to where it just clicks and you become, it becomes natural. There you go. I love it. Thank you, Davis. Okay. Yeah. So uh, one of the mysteries of the game to most fans is the clubhouse. And it, it, it stems to reason you don't know what's going on in the clubhouse. You don't know what's being said. You don't know the relationships and the dynamics. Do you mind if I ask some generic clubhouse questions and your experiences with them throughout your yeah, career? Yeah, of course. Yeah? yeah. Okay. Okay. So just last week, the Blue Jays, obviously, they were on a bit of a skid. They've kind of pulled out of it now, but they had their players-only meeting. Have you ever been involved in a players-only meeting? I have. I mean, it's never for – I mean, they're always for good reasons because you want to get the team better, but it's never it's never the best feeling because you know you're going through something as a team, and so you just kind of have to look at it like that to where, okay, there's a reason why there's – a players only meeting right now. And so, I mean, the managers do a lot, but it's really up to the players to kind of focus in and actually take, take advantage of what they really have. And so players only, only players, excuse me, players only meetings kind of are weird to an extent because it really depends on who's talking and who's kind of giving the message and leading the actual meeting. And so I've been a part of players meetings to where, the guy who's leading it isn't the best one to run it because just the way their chemistry is around the team, it kind of, mm -hmm. it really depends, but there's guys who run the players only meetings that a lot of people respect and really admire. And so when it comes for, when it comes from guys who I respect and the team respects, then it makes a really big difference in my opinion. Does it normally come from veterans or, or as long as, that the person who's who's running it has the you know respect and and the the clubhouse's ear it doesn't really matter how many years you've been there it, I, yeah i guess it doesn't really matter but it usually really comes from veterans and guys who've yeah. been around yeah just because a lot like i said a lot of people respect them they've been around they kind of know what they're talking about more than most guys and so i feel like yeah it really comes from the veterans at that point but it really can come from anyone who has the experience so you know how VIPs of companies or like doctors have their own parking spots, their VIP parking spots at, at yeah. the hospital or, or the, or with the mm -hmm. company there. Um, have you been on a team where there's like a sought after area of the dressing room? Like, is this a thing where in the clubhouse, maybe there's an area of the clubhouse that isn't next to the washroom or something. And like the veterans get that or like, how do you decide who gets what spots and, and is that decided amongst the players or is this something that they're like, that's your locker, shut up? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so the first day that we got there, me and my roommate, Spencer Horowitz, he, uh, nice, we yeah. just got there like kind of a day early. And so we kind of wanted to pick out of our lockers. And there were, there were some people who just kind of picked it out beforehand. They're like, oh, I kind of want this locker, guys who've been there. And so they get the right away, of course. Yeah. Guys who've been there a lot longer. So which is I'm fine with, like, I'm not really that picky, but so we just kind of got there early and just kind of picked out our lockers just because you don't really want to be, 
like um sometimes you kind of want to be left alone at some point like either in a corner some guys are just different the way they the way they are but me and spence kind of wanted to be next to each other so we kind of got our own spots there love it love mm-hmm. it so um it came out a few weeks ago that Luis robert on the white Sox, he didn't know charlie montoyo's name uh the, the white Sox current bench coach and obviously uh there's a lot of baseball players on a roster and have you ever been on a team where guys have been a little detached from each other obviously you can't be best friends with everybody and again there are a lot of players on a team but everyone should know each other's name i would think uh what's your, been your experience with this like can some teams be more formal than others is there a divide between position players and and, and pitchers uh what is the line between having a job to accomplish and maybe something a little bigger when it comes to a friendship or bond yeah you kind of have to find that line to be honest i mean because you're out there you're competing for a job and a lot of guys in AAA have families to feed you know they're not just kind of mm-hmm. just playing the game just to play the game and so when you look at it like that you kind of have to respect what they're going through you know you kind of have to play for them especially um like pitchers i mean just die for the ball even if you know, you know you can't get it just die for the ball or just kind of show that effort and i feel like even if you can't get to a ball and you show that effort they they appreciate that much more you know if you just show that effort they they applaud you they don't care if you make the play or not as long as you're showing that 100 percent. i feel like they really like that aspect but um i mean the divide aspect there's always going to be divide on teams you know you're going to have either a handful or one or two guys but i mean if you can have that nucleus to where everyone's kind of getting along and respecting each other, I feel like that makes good teams, good teams is if you just respect each other, you don't have to get along, but knowing that you're playing on the same team when you're out in the field, good things will happen. Yeah. You, you save a, a pitcher, a few earned runs and and you quickly become their butt, eh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, just, you're looking out for them and they look out for you, you know, just because it is their livelihood. And if you respect that, then, you're going to become friends. So, I mean, it kind of goes hand in hand. If pitchers pitch well, and um, then it makes it easier on the defense. I mean, yeah. if the hitters hit well, then it makes it easier on the pitchers. Like, it's just, it's what makes a team a team. Have you ever been in a clubhouse where pranks became a big thing? No, I never really kind of had that yet. I mean, I hear stories all the time of yeah, funny pranks that happened, but I never really had that experience but um, hopefully it doesn't really happen on me whenever whenever the time <laughs> comes. But um, I kind of want to be a part of one one day just, be, just to experience it. Just on the right side of it, yeah. Yeah, just right. on the right side. Just kind of knowing the prank beforehand on whoever it is. and then <laughs> Yeah, on whoever see, it is it that down. isn't you. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Uh, so this is one my wife wanted to know, and she was just curious about good luck charms and, and how many guys have a good luck charm in their locker, and if you do, and what's the weirdest superstitious thing you've seen so far in a clubhouse yeah people definitely have superstitions i mean i feel like everyone that i play with they might not even say it's superstition but they do the same thing every day and that's basically what a superstition is you know they kind of try to do the same thing to where they kind of have to succeed with it but um for me um i don't know i just i don't really have that one thing that kind of sticks out i just kind of do the little things I have is just a routine that if I, my routine is my superstition. So if I don't do my routine every day, then it kind of gets in the way, whether yeah. that's BP early work or stuff, stuff like that. But 
the weirdest the weirdest one there's not that many guys who have weird ones that i can think of but um I think of one I'll let you know but okay as of now it's just kind of just normal baseball stuff like normal baseball put, put your right cleat not on changing first, your socks right yeah first. yeah exactly yeah shower right before the game whatever it is yeah people have that routine or superstition as you say okay so we will get to your lister questions in a second here but I do have a couple uh we'll call them extracurricular questions here for you and we'll roll through these quick favorite baseball movie Oh, Moneyball for sure. Yeah, nice. Love Big that. fan of Moneyball, just because it's actually a great movie, not just the baseball aspect, but truly, it's truly, really a great movie. Yeah. Best mustache in baseball right now. Best mustache in baseball of all time. Right now, I can't. I don't even think there's a guy with a mustache right now, right? Or oh, the pitcher on the Cardinals has a good one. I forget his name. Yeah. His yeah, last Miles name doesn't the name. Yeah, yeah, he is a good one. Yeah. So that kind of sticks <laughs> yeah, he out. Does. All time, Dennis Eckersley, right? I mean, love it. Or Raleigh Fingers, or Dennis Eckersley, or Raleigh Fingers, <laughs> yes. one of those two. Yeah, those guys stick out a lot. Do you have a favorite quote, historical, pop culture, music, whatever it is? Favorite quote? No, uh, no. not really. I don't know. That's acceptable. Uh, last <laughs> one here. Um, what are you eating before a game? But then on top of that, uh, what are you eating at 1.30 in the morning after your few drinks when you don't have a game the next day and are saying, screw it, I'm eating whatever I want? Before the game, whatever whatever the team provides. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not a big picky eater, so I'm going to eat whatever is free for me. And so um, <laughs> I'll, eat, I'll eat whatever hands out. But um, 1.30 in the morning, ooh. A lot of people say Taco Bell. I'm not a big Taco Bell guy. That makes my stomach turn. But um, I would yeah. say, I would say probably like Wendy's or McDonald's. I mean, you can't go wrong with like either one of those. Just a burger from those. I yeah. mean, or Five Guys. If Five Guys is open at one thirty, I'm eating that. I mean, love it. That that's I'm my favorite. You, that's my go-to. That's I'm my with go-to. you, buddy. Yeah, love mm-hmm. a good Five Guys. All right. Davis, honestly, man, thank you so much for joining us. You're so generous with your time. We really do appreciate uh, you making room for us in your schedule here. Yeah, of course. We'll throw we'll throw to Adam here. I know we got a listener question. I do you have a listener or, question? So yeah. this one comes in from Carly. Says, uh, "Why are all the Blue Jays minor league players wearing mustaches lately? Uh, <laughs> was this just planned for photo day? Is this some kind of hazing or inside joke?" And how do I convince my boyfriend to grow one? <laughs> I don't think I have a really good valid reason for that. I feel like Top Gun came out last year. So uh, I, mean, I feel like that was like the move. trending. Gotcha. All right. uh, that was the trend. So that's why I got it last year. But right. as of this year, I don't know. I feel like just a lot of people see it now and they kind of want to just test it out. I mean, I might grow. I kind of shaved mine early on, but um, she's going to be heartbroken now when she sees this. No, no. I know. My, Davis. You had a good one going. I did. The good thing is that my picture up in, um, like on the scoreboard, it's me with my mustache. So that yeah. kind of gets thrown out there every day, which is good. Yeah. And yes. a lot of people either say, like in the stands, they just grow it back. Like they yell it to me all the time. And so <laughs> your heckles are people telling great. you to grow your mustache back. That's great. Yeah, all the time. Like I hear it like probably twice a game. And I'm like, all right, if, if that's what the people want. <laughs> so yeah, that's awesome. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Mm hmm.
All right, Davis, we'll wrap it up there, my man. All the best. We'll bug you later in the season. Hopefully, uh, we're bugging you when you're you're getting your call up and putting on that Blue Jays jersey, man. We're rooting for you, and uh, keep her going. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me again. Thanks for listening to the Walk Off Podcast with Scott Belford and Adam Mack with a new episode every Friday. Oh! Thanks for listening.